below. Is that the most successful realtor in the state of Indiana right now? <laughs> far, far from it, but a very, very brilliant uh, lead in, though. Much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> the skill set is there for certain. Oh, man. How's it going, man? It's going good. It's going really good, man. I mean, uh, life life throws you uh, a lot of a lot of left hooks, and you know, you just kind of absorb them and keep it rolling. Mm, mm, for sure, for sure. Um, gosh, it, it's been so. It's been way too long since I've seen you, um, and gosh, I miss you. I miss. I miss. You know how we first got introduced. Uh, Dave Rosales, by the way, everybody, welcome to the Finding Faith podcast. Um, so, so the the way that the way that I first got introduced to you was I came home. I think it was after I graduated college, and yeah. my mom was like, "Hey, do you want to go to like some play that um my cousins were in?" And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, sure. Uh, I haven't seen them in a while. I'll go. I'll go um and visit them." And then I go, and it's um it's uh it's a uh, I know the phrase you said. What was it from? Uh, uh, what was the play? I can't think of it. So we did two of them. We did one uh, where I played uh, the Pharaoh, Pharaoh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, so that was a play for Moses. Yeah. Oh, for Moses. Yes. That's all. I, I yeah. can't think of it. So, so yeah. that's how I first got introduced. And I just remembered Moses. I will not let your people go. And I was like, who is that yeah. dude? He is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, and then we, we just started talking more about faith. They started coming over every once in a while. And, and Absolutely. I was, I was just so intrigued, um, by, by, re- just Christianity in general. I like I was I was right. raised a Catholic, but I never took the time to actually dive into what the Bible was saying. I, every time I would go to church, I, I never felt like I was like comprehending anything. And I, sure. I feel like when I spent my time uh, with you and, and the rest of the family, I really was able to grasp um, just just different elementary concepts. I just wasn't able to to um, understand before. So. Sure. Before we, we dive into the things that um, I want to talk about and whatnot, let's just give a rundown, uh, if you don't mind, Dave, of who you are and kind of what you do. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, like you said, David A. Rosales, um, I am, I've been in sales pretty much my whole life. Mm. Uh, start, started sales when I was 17. Um, and then I, I got into real estate. I got my real estate license in 2007. So, um, people, service has kind of been my niche, um, mm. you know, ever since I got into, you know, quote unquote, the workforce, right? Um, I did for a small stint of time, uh, you know, run a, an independent uh, web development internet marketing company. That's what I went to college for. Okay. Um, I went to, I went to, uh, I went to college at uh, the Illinois Institute of Art Chicago, not the same thing as the Art Institute. I know a lot of people confuse the two. It actually doesn't exist anymore. Um, and, uh, yeah, got into real estate in 2007, right when the market was crashing, you know, the best time, the best time to get into a, a, a new business for sure. Um, learned a ton, learned a ton from investors, learned a ton from, uh, from a lender who was just very insightful at the time. I did not make a lot of money, uh, those first few years, right. just kind of learning the ropes, um, you know, out on the grind, show, showing mold infested houses for like 10 G's. 
she can't even buy a house, you know. Relative, yeah, dude, it was just no. I, I wasn't getting wealthy selling those houses for sure. Let me ask but, a question um, really quick. Let me ask a question really quick. Yeah. So when you kind of you said kind of stepped in and you were learning from like a mentor and whatnot, and and you picked like the the worst time possible to kind of start up, but. My, yeah. my question then is like when, when this was happening, did you like, did you have to fully commit? Did you fully commit or did you have a different job on the side in order to get some type of income? Like how did that work? Yeah. So man, this is a really great question. Um, I don't, I don't like, I don't like to feel like the rules apply to me. Uh, and that is a very dangerous way to live a mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> you know, I, I'm always just going to keep it 100 here with you. Uh, yeah. Um, so when I got into, when I got into my faith experience, I was working a job. I was 23 years old. Okay. I had never grown up in the church at all whatsoever. Yep. Um, and so these two job and this are tied together, which is why I bring oh, that up. Right? Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was, I was working a job. Um, I was making good money for, for, you know, for a 23 year old, mm-hmm. you know, I had, I had a nice car, all that stuff, you know, I was looking to get married and everything. And then, you know, uh, my wife was mm-hmm. different than anybody, any other girl that I had ever met, yep. um, which, which was just that that's kind of what attracted me to her. Not only was she just like, you know, stunningly beautiful um, with these green eyes and she just, you mm-hmm. know, she just was just captivating. Also, though, um, I had asked her out on a date and I was like, hey, you know, um, I really like to take you to the movies. You know, would you like to go out to the movies this Friday? And she was like, no. And I was like, <laughs> wait what <laughs> and i was like um i was like no no you don't want to go to the movies with me at all or no friday doesn't work you know what i'm saying because i was kind of i was kind of thrown yeah and she's and she's just like because i i felt like we were we were like kind of bonding we we're having a good conversation and i was like naturally we should just go out and right. she was like yeah no and i was like okay well so like what's the deal and she's like well i don't go to the movies on friday and i was like oh. okay and I was like, well, um, are you like Jewish or something? And I'm like, that's cool. If you are like, yeah. I'm, I'm totally, uh, that's totally fine. Yeah. And she's like, well, no, you know, I just, you know, I, I, I do keep a seventh day Sabbath. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's from the Bible. I, I do believe in Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, tell me more about that. And so that's what got me interested. And so then when I, so by, by the time that I, um, I can't, you know, came into that, that faith experience. Um, I, I decided like, I did not want to work on, on Friday nights anymore. Like I wanted to, um, I wanted, I wanted to be with my, I wanted to be with my wife and her family, um, and, and kind of get into this experience of what, of what, of what this was. And, and so going, yeah. so before, before you, you continue, um, so during this time, so she said that, Hey, I'm, I'm, Seventh-day Adventist, like, this is my religion. Um, did you, at this time, like, what was religion to you? Or was it not really anything of importance at this time, like, leading up to that conversation? Yeah, for sure. So, um, it's, all these things just kind of intersect. Yeah, so I was completely and utterly um, unchurched, right? So, um, yeah, not at all. Not, not even a blip. I would say when I was in college, like, I was super interested in, like, finding, like, who I am, where I'm from, you know, I studied a lot of stuff. Um, I studied Islam, like the, like there was like this really, really captivating, uh, coworker that was like in this mega church. And she was like 
so Christian, it was like almost annoying. Mm. And, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, like, she would always be like, you should come to my church and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe. Uh, and then she just like, it seemed like almost instantly she was boom, dressed up in, in, you know, traditional Islamic gear for a woman. Got it. And I was just like, whoa, that's a three, that's like a complete 180, man. And so it was, so I, then I started looking into Islam, but I just, I was not, uh, it just wasn't for me. Yep, right. Yep. So I was, so when I met her, I was just searching period. Got but, it. But, but I grew up like zero faith experience at all whatsoever. Okay. All right. So, so you, you meet your wife and she, and, and can you go back to your story now? Yeah. 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 So, so, so I quit my job, man. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So completely just quit my job. Wow. You know, there I'm, I'm buying, I'm buying all the, all the hype of, you know, God, God's got this. Right. And mm. I'm, I'm like brand new. So I'm swimming in the deep end from like, oh my word gosh. Go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and, and at the same time, um, you know, I get this, I get this idea that I can start an athlete's foot franchise. And if you're not familiar with athlete's foot, but if you're in Georgia now, you probably are because like, they're like the foot locker of, um, of, of athletic gear for, for, for gym shoes. Okay. So I was going to, I was going to bring it to Northwest Indiana. They had this whole innovative setup. So I was like, cool, I'm going to quit my job and to watch this franchise and I'm going to get going. So I, I took all my savings. I was going all in on this thing. Um, and then, you know, uh, my family, my wife's family, uh, we got scammed by this dude, um, who took like, um, everybody for the ride, man. Yep. And just like yep. milk, milk people's financial situation. So, um, I, I just, I lost everything. Yeah. Right. So like, this is Brent baptized, married kid, uh, no income, Gosh, you know, man. brand new, brand new into the faith. And so, yeah. So getting into real estate. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to be all in. I mean, a guy at church ended up giving me a job when I, I could not get a job to save my life for like mm -hmm. six months. I was applying, and like, you know, when you're 20 something years old you, and someone's telling you, you know, hey, there's a recession in the job market sucks. Like, you don't understand what that means. Yeah. Like, I've got, you know, I, I went to college. I have a management position. I'm pretty smart. I can get a job wherever I want. Well, that just was not true. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It just wasn't reality. So I went from making at the time in the early 2000s, like 15 bucks an hour, which was, I think it was 16, 50. It's pretty good money in 2004 or whatever it was, in my opinion, um, to making $0 and then making 12 bucks, you know, doing electrical Gosh. and heating and cooling. And I was like, this is jarring. Like it was, it just so like, but I grew up like poor. So like to me, it wasn't that big of a shock, but it definitely was a shock for my wife. Um, and, and then you had a kid too on top of that. Then we, yeah, and then we had a kid, yeah, man, for sure, 100%. So when I got into real estate and, you know, that was, um, I did not have a side gig. I had to create side gigs, right? So, I mean, that's uh -huh. just kind of what it was. Um, you know, my wife had gotten a part-time job. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of went in all in in real estate. And the only other, quote, unquote, side gig I did was I, I, I ran a um, an internet marketing um and uh and web development gigs that i ran from 2009 all the way until 2016 as like a parallel uh business mm -hmm. or maybe it was 2010 but something like that yeah so that's how you first got introduced like to the whole real estate thing right and then what it is yeah yeah okay and then how that what started going on like how how did you progress into where you are right now in 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 that aspect and work yeah so um 
from from 2007 until about uh, 2015, I was not I was not a raging success at all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, really wasn't making any money. I think one time, like there was one time we made like twelve thousand dollars as a family of four, like mm-hmm. no joke. Mm-hmm. Um, it was bad. it was it was really really bad. Yeah, which you know that's a, that's a pretty trying on the face, if you will. Yep. Um, hundred percent because you're constantly wondering like what am I doing wrong here like why you know you, you just feel like this maybe this is not what's successful for me but um in 2015 I had not sold a single house that whole uh that whole year at all whatsoever mm-hmm. um I had a co-worker kind of pull me aside and uh kind of look out for me mm-hmm. and tell me that there was this real estate class uh, that I really should go to and I was like, uh, does it cost any money? Because I didn't have any. I had a hundred right. bucks to my name. Right. And she said, yeah, for sure. It, it does. But the first class is free. So why don't you come through? It's called Gold Business Objective Life by Design. And so it's Keller Williams class. And I was not with Keller Williams at the time. <sighs> Took the class. It just like spoke to me. I, I was like, these are my people. This is, this, you know, it taught me how to be an actual real estate business person as opposed to just someone in sales i think that was a big disconnect that no one ever kind of sat down and told me in terms of that avenue mm-hmm. uh and i just took off from there so in the first 45 days of that class i sold eight hundred eighty thousand dollars worth of real estate and just <sighs> kind of never looked back so, that's awesome um yeah so i finally felt like i had you know i, I had a you know at least a, a monocrum a monochrom of success uh probably from from 2016 really to uh it's an hour, right? Yeah. More or less. So, um, it when I was listening to that, something that that came up to my mind, and that's something that I've definitely been tested with before. Is like you, you might be on God's plan, but just because you're part, you're doing God's plan right now, doesn't necessarily mean that the the fruit is going to be instantaneous, right? Like sometimes you go through these right. these trials, we go through these tribulations, and it is still yeah. part of God's plan. It is still exactly what you are supposed to be doing. You are still like in in the faith and in in synchronized with what it is that He wants you to do. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to be perfect right away. Like actually sometimes, um, and, and this is mentioned in the Bible, like you go through hard times in order to get to where you are supposed to be. So, um, I I think it's really powerful that during those times, so you went through uh, a phase where, or uh, a season where, uh, you were successful, but you weren't necessarily doing what you thought you were maybe supposed to be doing. So then you, you, invest yourself and you kind of dive in everything into into this new career and what you think that you were supposed to do and even though um everything wasn't perfect right from the uh the beginning you stuck with it you you kept with it you an opportunity came up and it kind of changed everything and everything kind of started working out for the better yeah yeah for sure definitely i think the more i started um yeah i mean it was it was about at the end of the day, it was about self-care, right? Mm. I mean, you know, and really trying to develop, um, de- you know, develop, develop, develop myself into a, into a good man, a good husband, a good father, um, at, at a deeper level, for sure. That was the biggest. That was a bit of biggest catalyst of change. Got you. All right. So now let's go back into, and you mentioned this a little bit before, like your faith in general, and let's start from like where you were at previously. So faith was not very important to you at, at, at one time when you were growing up. Then when you were in college, you kind of dove into different religions. You're trying to figure out like, what is that you wanted to maybe believe in? And if I'm putting in words for you, let me know. Uh, um, But what, you, you mentioned, obviously, um, your wife pl- 
playing a, a big part in in you going turning into um uh, in faith in Christianity. Um, what was that like for you, and and how did that journey go? Yeah, so I mean, it was it it was interesting. I think for me, like it, I mean. It was a little bit different. So okay. I went from, I had a very traumatic childhood, right? My, my brother had leukemia twice when I was very, Jeez. very young. I had, I had to take care of him. I basically had to become an adult at the age of 12. So going through that kind of, and my parents got divorced like right then too. So, mm. so it was just really boom, 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 boom. Um, and it was, um, but you just, you know, when you don't have, you don't have faith, you don't have church, you don't have anything in it, then the only thing you can do is just kind of like suck it up and move on. Mm. Um, you know, which that's what I did, right? And I carried a lot of anger and resentment and blah blah blah, all that good stuff. But um bad stuff, I guess. But yeah, I mean so come so having trauma and having chaos like reigning uh through almost the entirety of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time by the time I come into a faith walk or a faith experience, um, it was not like you know, you, you sometimes you see like people they 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 come they come to Jesus they get baptized and then like their whole life changes for the better and it's like a really cool story yeah yeah that was not my experience yep. man yep I mean like I like I kind of alluded to that was not my experience at all um whatsoever so I had one time I had someone say like I can't believe that like you're actually still a Christian because yeah you kind of like you dove in you took this whole you, you quit your job yep. you know to, to to keep a Sabbath and then uh and then you just, you know, you, then you were broke for like a decade. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what well, we had little touchstones of like, you know, God's with us. So like one time we, we didn't have any money at all whatsoever to buy our groceries or anything. And we were really praying. Um, like this is a true story. Yeah. We we're really praying. We we're really praying for, for, for some kind of money. And I'm in the shower and Jenny, Jenny comes back from the mailbox and no joke. She, she's like, you got to see this. And it was a money order and wow. said, um, to, you know, to, to David from Jesus, like no joke. No way. hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I don't know who the angel was that decided. And we did, we weren't like publicly out there. Like we're poor and bro. Yep, I yep. wish someone would help us. Could someone so please help? Like, yeah. Yeah, this was like a legitimate answer to prayer. Oh my like it was gosh. so like so like little tiny things like that would be happening in our lives. Yep. Where we would where we would be like, okay, you know, this God is real. Right? This is I real. Mean, yep. Just yep. Small things like that. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh! You know what's crazy? Uh, I just and the reason why I'm even bringing this up is because uh, uh, kind of the same thing happened where um, the there's two people I just interviewed and and one was going through a really hard time with a breakup, right? So um, yeah. the 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 other friend who was um, of faith as well, um, and and they were like best friends. She she asked her like when they were in their apartment together, like, "Hey, can I pray for you?" And she like let her pray for her, and she said, "Like God, like just I, I forgot what she said, but um, she was looking for some type of tangible evidence or whatever of like, hey, like um, my friend is uh gonna turn back to this person, and she even said like I was gonna turn back to this person, and literally they got a phone call during their prayer, and the phone said Jesus. Isn't that insane, wow. dude? That is crazy. That's crazy. And, and, and I, I think, um, 
I think that the fact that you kept your faith during these trials just shows how powerful your faith is because it's very easy to keep your faith in something and to believe in something when everything is great. But what are you going to do when everything isn't necessarily great? And there are things that, that come in the way and there are trials that come in and bro, just, just hearing this story, it just, it just shows like how powerful, even though like this is not something that you were necessarily raising and, and you didn't follow it and practice it your entire life. But when you made that commitment, you said, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stick to this. Um, things are going bad right, right now, but I'm going to continue praying. I'm going to continue praising. And I, I have faith that things will turn around. Um, bro, they did. And that is so cool. Yeah. Are you still there? No, you're good. You're good. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, but during, but during those trials, um, you kept your faith and, and the things happened, you were taken care of. And it's, it's just so crazy how that happens, dude. And, and hearing these stories, it's like that, that is a hundred percent an act of God. It's literally a hundred percent an act of God. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we had we, we had a, a ton of like crazy things happen. Um, you know, one time we we were we were all standing on a staircase and we weren't like super paying attention where my son Anthony was. I think it was like two at the time, mm-hmm. and like he squeezed in between these railings, um, and like something like impressed Jenny to like kind of turn around. Um, otherwise, he just he just would have fell like ten feet to his to his probable like. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So like, we feel like, you know, that was, that was definitely, uh, that was a miraculous experience, right? That's the spirit of God talking, talking to her to do that. Another time, like, uh, Anthony kind of chased a ball into a pool. Um, and you know, one of my sister-in-law's friends just kind of, you know, out of nowhere, like dove in after him, yep. uh, you know, fully clothed and like saved his life. So, it's just, um, you know, tiny little things like that that happen throughout your life. Like, that's not, you know, unfortunately, there was just a tragedy that I heard about the other day where someone, you know, there was there was a, a bunch of adults in a small child ground. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't always happen the right, you know, it, it right, doesn't right. always, like, a miracle doesn't always happen, I guess is my point. But we have experienced it, right? And it just, it, it, it feels like those are faith-strengthening moments when we've experienced trauma and hardship in other ways. You know, thank God we haven't lost a family member in that regard, like our, our immediate circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have experienced different forms of trauma. But yeah, those touchstones, those miracles that we've experienced, whether it's financial or life-saving or otherwise, um, has, has definitely been faith-strengthening for sure. So I'm still on my, uh, we are all on our own spiritual journey and we're all on our, on our own journey of, of strengthening our faith and in that process. And um I listen to a lot of things and hear a lot of things, um, but I'm, I'm terrible at like quoting the Bible. But one thing that, um, one thing that, that does come to mind is like, if you, if you continue seeking God, if you, if you make it a priority to put him first in your life and you, and you really, um, choose and and make the, the decision to seek him, like he, his presence will be known. Like he will, he, you will see, um, his presence one way or another. And that's, that's all I could think about is like, um, by by having by having your faith and by and by practicing your faith and and not to say like hey if you believe in God like everything's gonna be great like we already established that is not the case but um right your your faith will his presence will be known 
um, as you as you walk on your journey if you make it a priority in order to seek him. Would you agree with that? Yeah, one hundred percent, definitely. So absolutely. So all right. So we established kind of your your how you started and and we talked about like what you currently do for for your job but another part of um i would say your identity and who you are um and something that i took note of right away and this is kind of how i got introduced to you was just the fact that you are deeply invested in um the church and and you you made that a priority as well. And what do I mean by that? So I would go to I, I would go to Northwest Indiana because um, I, I used to live in uh, the Chicago area. And and over the weekend uh, I would attend uh, church with y'all. And there would be times where like you you would be the person leading the sermon. And after after yeah. church, um, we would go to um, like small groups or whatever. And there would be like a yep. like another Bible study thing. And you would lead that, and we'd have these conversations. I just remember I felt honestly like a kid in the candy store. Cause I was like, I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know what any of this is, but I'm just so intrigued by it. So how did that even start? Like, how did you first get like, um, uh, grounded and planted some, some roots inside, of, uh, inside that aspect? Um, and, yeah. and how has that been going? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I think when, so the first thing I started doing when I started going to church was I just started, started in Genesis and I just started reading, mm. reading the Bible. Um, and, you know, I, I'm very much, uh, I really like the story of Abraham. Uh, I like the, I like the story of, uh, you know, his relationship with God, how they were, how the Bible refers to him as they were friends uh, that met face to face, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, that all that stuff was just very captivating to me. And I, and I read it as if it was real, right? Because I do believe it's real. Yeah. And so um, I didn't want to sit on my hands. Like I didn't want to be somebody who just, came to church and just was uh went through the motions you know just went through the motions right i didn't want to be a bench warmer so to speak so i i had went to the pastor who baptized me and i was kind of like hey um i know i'm new i know i really don't uh know much of anything but i'm willing to put in a work to kind of figure out you know what can i do to be healthier you know what i'm saying yeah i was in my early 20s and i just didn't want to not be helpful i felt like you know I felt like I should be doing something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he gave me, he gave me a shot to uh, teach at a Wednesday night prayer meeting. Mm. And I really kind of like, uh, you know, prepared and prayed a lot about that. And it was, uh, it went really well. And it, it kind of just grew from there. Right. I would go to different, like, I don't know if you want to call them training events or something like that. And then, uh, and then there was, uh, there was youth conferences that, that we would attend as well. Or I'd learn, uh, you know, how to study the Bible, how to present things, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that was kind of it. I did go to the only like, quote unquote, real training I received is I did go to uh, a three week uh, Bible certification, you know, course called uh, Arise. So mm-hmm. um, I did I did do that. That was out in California. But uh, yeah, I mean. That was I just it was just a desire to to just serve really honestly that's how I got involved so that so it evolved from teaching on a Wednesday to you know teaching uh, you know Bible class on Saturdays mm-hmm. to uh, to then eventually being asked to be an elder at the church yep um, and then and then getting on the speaking schedule so I mean it was all pretty it happened pretty fast <laughs> um, and I, and I just you know I had a willingness to wanting to do it that's you know? so cool. 
one of the that things, was yeah. first for sure. <laughs> but you, but you stuck with it, and and I I think uh, I think God he he arms. This is in the Bible once again. Don't know where it is, but God arms the, um, those. If you are called to do something, he's going to give you the the weapon, like the weapons and, and the power in order to in order to fulfill what it is that he has called for you to do. And I think that is something that's re- really heavy on me. I would say that the past um, maybe six to eight months is um, if I feel called to do something, uh, I think it's important to see it through. Would you say that this was kind of something that you thought you were supposed to do? I know you mentioned that you didn't just want to be bench and warmer. You didn't want to be someone that was just going through the motions, which I think is super powerful. Um, but do you think, was it ever like, Hey, I'm supposed to be like, I'm supposed to be teaching people or was it kind of like, I just wanted to implement myself. Then out of nowhere, this kind of just started falling into my lap. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good question. Um, here's the best way I'm going to answer that. Okay. So I thought, so like, because I, because I really didn't have a whole ton of success, uh, career wise, mm. I felt like, I felt like a reason, right, why that was not the case may have been that I was called to maybe do ministry or be a pastor. Oh. Um, and so I selfishly, consistently put myself uh, in a position to try to uh, to try to make that a reality, right? Okay. Um, and uh, it never worked ever. <laughs> uh, much to my frustration. And, um, yeah, so it just, it was not something that was, was going to be realized. And so I think in retrospect, I look back at, at, you know, the, the first 10 years of my, uh, Jenny and I will be married for 20 years here pretty soon awesome. not this year, but, but relatively soon. Thank okay. you. Um, and this is our 19 year anniversary of this year, but, uh, oh, congrats. yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, but yeah, so I think those first 10 years, like I really just desperately thought that I should be a minister. Mm. And I don't think that I would ever like that. was That was not what God wanted me to do in that capacity. Like ministering to people. Yes. Being a pastor. No. Got and it. I was desperate to try to be one. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And, that was, I, I, and I wasted about 10 years trying to do that, honestly. And, and all right, this is Acts chapter 16. I know that because this was last week's sermon where it was like, just because you are doing something that is good does not necessarily mean that is God part of God's plan. So you can go through, you can go through something and you could have good intentions or, or you could feel like, God, this is yep. something that you would want me to fulfill. Like it would make yep. sense that God would want yep. you to become a pastor. Right. So it's like, this is what I'm supposed right. to do. Like, I don't understand. However, it doesn't mean that it's God's plan. And yep. that is so cool. Oh, I love this dude. I love this. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're 100% right, man. Just spot on. That's true. Um, okay, so... And it just took yeah. me a very long time to figure that out. Yep. But yeah, you're right. But hey, but it's all about the journey and getting to to where uh, to where you need to be. And uh, from from the outside looking in, so so me being someone that that is um, that knows you and and has been and uh, has been a part of that church uh, before, I think that the perfect medium is hitting right now where it's like you have your career and, and you do your, your realtor. Um, however, you also incorporate yourself and include yourself in the church and, and you do, even though you're not a pastor, you're still, you're still being able to minister and speak the word of God in, in a different way other than just being the, the pastor itself. And one of the things that, um, that I noticed about you, and this is a really good transition to what I want to talk to you about next is you, 
by 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 ministering and by and by speaking the word of God and by studying and, and learning how to to um uh discuss this with other people that also included your children um right. which I me being a 29 year old, uh, currently single, but, um, one day soon hoping to obviously get married and, and when the time is right, have kids and whatnot. I, I think that's super important to raise a family of faith. Um, and also right. teach your children. Like it, there, there are certain responsibilities that I would say a man and a woman have when it comes to their kids. And one is, yeah. in my opinion, um, talking about faith and talking about God and, and, and having those conversations and teaching your children um, um, about Christianity and about religion. So how I, I'm actually curious how that conversation might have went with like you and your wife. Like, uh, was it like a hey, like we need to teach our, our kids this way, or we need to teach our kids that way, or they have to go into the school. Like, was there, what were those talks like? And, and how did that start going on? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I think, I think the first thing is when I was, when I was first starting to read the Bible and I came across the book of Exodus, um, reading Exodus chapter 13, um, about how the firstborn belongs to God. Right. And so I, and so I, so I think that when we had our first child, when we had Anthony, um, I distinctly remember, um, in the waiting room, uh, just having, having, having some prayer time and really just saying, you know, I'm dedicating this child to you. It's what you asked for. Um, you know, this is my son. I'm a steward of it, uh, of yours to, uh, to really guide him in, into uh, into becoming a good man, yep. right? And, and and to carry on a legacy that you put forward here in the Bible for firstborn children, for firstborn son in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just incredibly grateful to have a son first, um, and to be able to lay it out there, uh, just kind of in line with Exodus 13, um, which is you know it's right after the Passover, right? So the firstborn of the Egyptians are eating are, are eating you know and then and then you have the first the, and then the antithesis of that is the dedication of the firstborn of the Israelites those who put the blood of the lamb over their doorposts um that they're that they they are to dedicate the firstborn uh you know as as uh, consequence not the right word but as as a tribute um you know benefits of what what they had experienced in that in that faith building opportunity I guess but right. yeah so I mean that was that was that was that that was so the genesis of it was you know having having a son you know having a child first and then saying this is an understanding that this was god's calling for a family mm-hmm. and then uh and then just kind of building upon that building block more or less like this is and knowing what my experience was i have to tell you the most important thing that i do mm-hmm. and the only thing i wanted to be when I quote unquote grew up was a father. Oh, that's um, great. And so I, I take being a dad very seriously. Yes. Um, and so knowing that that's what I wanted and then knowing that this is like a biblical calling yep. um, is, uh, is very precious to me. Mm. Uh, I can screw, I can screw up a ton of different stuff and I do, uh, but that's one thing I don't, I don't ever intend on screwing up. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And 
All right. All right. I, I need to ask. So you, you, you said that one of your, like something you wanted, like more than anything that you were going to take very seriously was becoming a father. And that's something that you really wanted to do. Um, leading up to it. And then when it actually happens, man, like what is that experience? Like when it, when you finally are a dad and like you're, you're holding your child and, it, and it's like a mini version of you. It's really, it, it's scary. <laughs> right. When you have, so I mean, having, when you, when you get this little thing put inside, <laughs> put inside your arms. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then it's, uh, and then it's, um, yeah, and, and then you're, you're kind of like, you know, you're in, now you're into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's jarring, you know, and I don't know how my, I don't know how my dad felt, um, you know, and I don't know how other dads felt, but to me, I felt like this is, this is super fulfilling. Like oh. I said, this was something that I, that I wanted. So I, it is scary. Yeah. It was, you know, it, it was kind of like, oof, you know? Yep. And at the same time, I was like, this is, I got this. This is where it's at. Yep. I got this. Yeah. Oh, that's so if cool. there was anything I ever, if there was anything I ever had confidence in yep. and, I, and I, and, and I could be overly confident in, in a lot of different <laughs> areas, but this is what, this was one thing I felt like, man, I'm, I'm going to crush fatherhood. <laughs> oh. I just felt that way. Oh, that's so cool. Meanwhile, yeah. me, I, I got a dog, um, a little boxer. He's three months. Uh, yeah. He's like five months old now, but I'll tell you what, man, first week I got him, I was like, how do I return this thing? <laughs> what yeah. am I doing? <laughs> I thought sure, this is what I sure. wanted. I can't do it. He, he peed on my floor. I don't know what to do anymore. Oh my gosh. That that is yeah, so yeah, cool, yeah. man. That is so cool. All right, so um, you you currently have you currently have three kids. Um, so you you, do, you yeah. had your first kid, and and you were like, hey, this is something I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna mess up. Like I th- I know this is what I'm supposed to do. I I want to be a dad. I want to be the best that I could possibly be. How was faith then incorporated in raising him, and and the rest yeah, of your sure. children? Yeah, definitely. Great question. So I mean, it. I would, I would say it really just was personal, personal conviction. Right. So, I mean, as I was growing as a Christian man, Mm -hmm. um, I was just kind of reiterating that. So, I mean, it was what we watched on TV. It was Mm. the music that we listened to was the songs that we sang. Um, you know, it was reading to them at night, Uh, like the Bible or what would you read them? Yeah. So a a lot of it was, was the Bible. Yeah. So, I mean, I would read the gospel of John, um, almost, almost singly like that was that is almost the entirety of what i read okay uh especially to anthony and micah okay um when they were little your so two oldest I, I would do those are my two oldest yep. yeah anthony is going to be 18 here at the end of the month and micah um is, is 15 and my he daughter was, uh, is 12. he he led uh he led the state of uh indiana in, in assistant cross in lacrosse yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he, he did a real great job and he was in the all-star game that's awesome uh, yeah yeah, 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 it was cool. All right, sure. so so you kind of focus on John with them, and you would read you would read that to Anthony and Micah. Yeah, so John and Deuteronomy, those mm. are the two books that I read to them. Uh, was primarily. there a reason why? And, yeah, for sure. So I mean, in Deuteronomy, um, I feel like Deuteronomy is is the gospel according to Moses. I think it's one of the most slept on books in all of the Bible. I think it's the most important book. Oh, um, it's my it's my favorite book of the Bible for really? sure. Um, okay. yep. And my favorite gospel is the gospel of John. So, okay. um, 
you know, Deuteronomy 6 uh, is a calling, uh, especially in verses uh, 4 through 8. It talks about uh, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Yep. Um, and it also talks about, um, you know, teaching these things to your children mm. when you walk with them, when you lie down, you know, oh. all of this stuff. So um, Deuteronomy is just a very powerful book. Um, so I, I would read both of them, both of them to the kids. And I feel like the gospel of John is super important because I feel like, um, it has a lot of those Moses vibes. Like when John, when the gospel of John starts off, it starts off like Genesis in the mm -hmm. beginning. Right. Um, and it talks about the creator, right. Mm -hmm. The same, same concept. And so I think reading those two books, um, in parallel with one another, um, was was really a good foundation uh for my own faith journey and then what i was what i was attempting and intending to to pass on to to the kids i uh, ironically i remember i i had a conversation with you and i was like hey dude like i this bible pretty important um i don't know where to start i don't know what to do and that is what you told me you said i would start with the book of john and that's what i did so that was really cool um and then and uh, the other thing i was going to ask you was um what was I going to say? Oh, did they ask you? So the, they're young little kids and, and you're reading to them at night. You're reading Deuteronomy, you're reading John. Did they ever ask you like those, those questions? Like, were there ever questions that came up on like, Hey, what is this? What is that? Like uh, any, any tough questions or any just questions in general? Like, were they, were they invested in like, Hey, I need to know more about this. Or was it just like something that they were, that you would just read to them and they would just like, kind of like ingested it and, and, and just uh, um, comprehend it all. You know, it's a really, um, it's a really great question. So I would say by and large, now we do something that's a, again, so I don't follow the rules. Um, mm -hmm. we do something and we've been doing something since Anthony was probably one, mm -hmm. um, that's uniquely different. Like our church doesn't like, this is not something our quote unquote church does, but we celebrate, um, a Christian version, uh, or a Christ centered version is what I should say. Mm -hmm. Uh, we celebrate, Pas we celebrate a Passover, man. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what we do is um, every Passover season, um, we, we, you know, we, we do the Seder meal and I, we sit around the table as a family and we read the Haggadah and the story of Moses is intertwined with the story of Christ and the story of the Exodus with the story of the crucifixion. And so mm -hmm. we, we sit down as a family um, and it's not just our family. We've incorporated other families and just, you know, different, different people, just random people sometimes uh, and invite them into this meal. And I think that's been hugely instrumental in, in teaching uh, my kids about the story of salvation, faith in God, um, and just the journey of, of walking with God. And so they would ask questions kind of built around what we were not necessarily reading, but what we were experiencing in a sense. Yeah. And, and, and you know, what are the symbolism behind some of this stuff? Yeah. But it really wasn't until they were older that they really started asking thoughtful questions. I would say like within the last like three to five years, okay. right? I mean, when they were, when they were small, they're kind of just taking your lead on things, yep. you know? Yep. And I know some people have kids like they're five and they're asking like real deep theological <laughs> questions and stuff like that. But we, we just spent a lot of time out in creation, hiking, doing all this stuff. Yep. And so we would just be pointing things out that we were, studying in the Bible or reading in the Bible and how it correlated to what we were experiencing in nature. And that's, so um, cool. there wasn't ever real, really any like crazy questions. It wasn't until like real recently. Um, like here's a good example. Yeah. Let's so, hear an example. 
Yeah, so um, I have a teenage son, and he was quote unquote dating uh, a girl. Okay, and yeah. So not to get into like crazy details or whatever, but um, he had his heart broken, right? Yeah. Uh, and so what? So this will prove right what the situation is, right? And so he got his heart broken, and the way that he took it was getting into the scriptures and taking the situation to the Lord mm. and. And, and looking for peace. Mm. Um, and so then as a father, looking at that, you're thinking, okay, I think I'm doing something right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Oh, um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, and there was, there was at least two instances um, where, where he, where he's taking a lead to demonstrate, no, we need to, we need to go to the Bible in this regard. Yep. Uh, we need to, we need to ask God about this situation. Um, and he's, um, he's just a tender hearted, pure hearted kid. Yep. And That's the, and the kid. fact that, um, and the, and the fact that like, you know, he's going through this, you know, young man, teenage hardship, um, you know, cause he's always, he's, he's a, he's always very mindful of other people's feelings. He's very, he's, he's like an empath. Right. Yep. And so, um, it's easy to be taken advantage of when you're like that. And, yep. Yep. um, you know, I think at the end of the day, him sitting down, taking a pause, obviously asking dad and mom uh, for some advice, uh, and then taking it to the scriptures and going to the real source, which is God, yep. um, is, uh, that's a testament of, you know, those young days, reading Deuteronomy, reading John, reading the Psalms, Man, et cetera, like, et cetera. Why, why did he, that that kid figure it out at, at 18, 17, 18, what I figured out, like, this year, like... <laughs> This dude is yeah. 10 years ahead of everybody else. Uh, that is so cool. And and props to Anthony and, and let him know that um that what what he's doing is super powerful. And and the the best thing that a, a man, a young man and a man uh can do is put God first. So um when when you experience heartbreak and your first thought is all right, let me seek peace. I'm going to, I'm going to turn to the Bible. I'm going to turn to God. I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. Like that is so powerful. And that in, I hope he, I hope he realizes like the power that, that is there by him choosing to do that. Um, 100%. Oh, that, that's so cool. Um, yeah, I tell uh, him all the time he was born older, like yep. George Bailey. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, you so when when they were younger you uh would read deuteronomy you would read john to them um you included what and one of the things that and we could we could discuss this briefly too is uh with seventh day adventist um your your sabbath days on saturday and and when when i would spend time with y'all like you guys would make an effort to hey you know what let's just appreciate things for what they are on this day like we're gonna go on a hike we're gonna we're gonna um we're gonna just just enjoy and embrace everything that, that God has created and, and has given us. Um, and I think it's so cool. And I, I, now that you say this or by listening to you say this, it makes me, when that time comes for me, it makes me want to be like, all right, yeah. Like I want to, uh, say we're going to go out somewhere. We're going to do something and just like take it in, be able to compare it to like, Hey, this is mentioned here or that, or the, it is discussed here. And like, let's just, let's just be grateful for everything. I think that's something that, that all of us, uh, should try to include. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think what a lot of people do in their Christian walk or their Christian experience is it's a one to four hour commitment um, on a particular day of the week. Yep. And and that's and that's all there is to it. Um, 
and the reality is what what uh what i what i have what i've done mm-hmm. in my opinion is i've created an atmosphere of safety of time of relationship and of uh and of love mm-hmm. and that is the gift uh that god has given to us in terms of in my faith experience is, mm-hmm. is the sabbath right and so for us um we've turned it in it's about it's about two things it's about family it's about faith and it's about nurturing and building relationships mm-hmm. period that's it super simple that is our approach uh and enjoy and, and enjoying creation right yes. so it's, it's so your relationship with god enjoy and enjoying the creator and, and all of his creation and it's about building and nurturing relationships uh with friends and family period mm-hmm. um so we just keep it very 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 simple very dialed back we try to have a quote-unquote first century experience because i feel like that's what jesus was doing he was out there fostering and building relationships and touching people in a very powerful way mm-hmm. and so we just said all right well this is this is going to be an expression of our faith this is what we're going to do and it and it permeates throughout the rest of the week and so i don't worry about no work my mm-hmm. kids aren't worrying about no school um, you know, we try to mind the house a little bit better so that my wife doesn't have to do anything on that day in particular because she's a homemaker. Yep. Um, you know, so we don't want her have to have to feel burdened or heavy laden on this day. We want her to be able to enjoy herself too. Yep. And we like to have company over. We yep. like to, you know, we like to cook. go to the beach. We like to, yeah, cook oh. and just, you know, we're, we're breaking bread with people. So, I mean, yes. like it's, it's, uh, it's a festival. It's a feast day, right? So it is a day where you're just, you're really risk rejoicing. Um, and then we just, we make it special, um, because we feel that that was what we were called to do. And so, yeah, I mean, um, not that every other day of the week is, is, is week is not a worshipful experience because it absolutely is. It has to be, 100%. you're not going to have a Christian experience if you're not daily communing with, with God. Yep. Um, it's going to be very problematic for you, um, in my opinion, but yeah, um, you know, it is, it's something that we just set aside and it's a little bit special for us as a family. And, and what you mentioned too was like, Hey, being a Christian, isn't just doing something for one to four hours once, um, one day out of every week. Um, I go to passion city church in Atlanta, Georgia right now. Um, and nice. they had this thing called, um, uh, what was it? It was called fight night. And it's, okay. it's where all a bunch of Christian men get together and, and there's a guest speaker and, and it's basically like a, it's basically, um, a, like a, a, a church event, like it's a sermon. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just all like dedicates men and like what it is to be a man of God. Um, and yeah. the guest speaker was Willie Robertson. If you know who that is, the guy from duck dynasty. Um, yeah. and he emphasized being a man of God all the time, not just some of the time. And when I listened to that sermon, like I was just like, I was like in the zone. Like I was just hearing everything that he was talking about and really made me change my perspective. And I think you, um, whether like you kind of knew you were doing this or not, it's like you were being a man of God all the time where it was. Yeah. I, every Saturday that, that is like, uh, the, the Sabbath day and that, that is like the the holy day. But on top of it, like I'm going to incorporate Jesus. I'm going to incorporate God into every day. Um, so at night, I'm going to, to read to my children. Like we are going to pray together. We are going to do these different things in order to make sure that I'm not just incorporating God into my life. Sometimes I'm going to do it all the time. I'm going to do as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then your hope is, is that like your kids will continue to do that yes, on their sir. own. Right. Yes, sir. Um, you know, and there's, ev- you know, there's evidence that you see and you know, when, when your kids get older, um, you know, they're 
you know, they're less dependent on you. And so when they're less dependent on you, sometimes, uh, not, not that they've, they certainly never tell me no, that's for sure. Um, but there's some nights where like, you know, everyone kind of goes to their rooms and my hope is that they say their prayers before they go to bed. And my hope is that at some point in time throughout the day, they're still communing with God, you know, mm. with whatever might be going on. I, I don't, I don't know for sure. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. the evidence seems to suggest that at they least in, in some instances they are, you know what I mean? So, um, I can't, I, at some point in time, like they have to walk their walk. They have to experience God for themselves. They can't always just, um, experience Christ, um, through mom and dad, yep. you know, and that's, um, that's in every facet of life, you yep. know what I'm saying? And so there's different, um, you know, I, I told Anthony the other day, mm-hmm. I said, you know, son, um, there's a relationship is going to change, uh, because I have to parent you differently now, mm. you know, you're becoming a man, you're a young man now, and we don't know what that looks like. Uh, but this is what, this is what this new version of parenting looks like. It's going to be me supporting whatever it is that you want to do yep. with all of my heart and my intention to make you as successful as you want to be in whatever it is you want to chase. That's so cool. And you're going to make mistakes yep. and you're going to fail. You're going to fail and you're going to screw stuff up. Yep. And I'm telling you, it's okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love this. Okay. One question leading up to one more question leading up to raising um, children in faith. Um, and it's going to backtrack a little bit just in the yeah. sense of, I think, I think getting children involved in the church and, and making them have those, like um, just, just having those conversations with them and, and keeping their curiosity and helping them learn like that is so essential. Um, and it's not something that is always practiced. I mean, I, grew up and I would go to what was called CCD and every Thursday I would go to a Catholic church and we would, we would study. But honestly, it was one of those things where like, I didn't learn anything my entire time there for years I would go. Um, but one thing that I, that I loved about, um, your church is y'all have, um, at at one point, I don't know if you still do, but, um, that your kids attended like the church for school. Um, and, and they, they included, uh, like Bible study into, into that. And basically you made it and in not even just in school, but also like on Saturdays, you guys would have the, uh, like the children's classes and, and the kids would all go into, they, they would kind of go into their own spot and then people would, uh, you had instructors that would teach them. Like, can you just really quick, just talk about kind of the importance of that and how it's so impactful to, to keep children involved or to, to get children involved at a young age in faith and in God, just help them learn when they are growing up. So then they kind of have that, that knowledge, that baseline knowledge that not everybody gets. Yeah, for sure. So I think the importance of, you know, having, you know, uh, children's Bible classes, um, you know, being in a more, faith-based education system yeah i think that what that's really done uh for my kids is it allowed them to uh grasp and learn uh outside of mom and dad 
right? Oh, so it isn't just mom. It, it isn't just mom and dad telling them about Christ, telling oh. them about, um, you know, it's it's supplemental, right? It's a partnership, in other words, because you're trusting a complete stranger to yes. a degree. Yep. Um, to to continue to demonstrate the gospel to your children and so they're doing it through arts and crafts they're doing it through song they're doing it through uh memorization uh you know of scriptures things of that nature and so it's just filling their hearts and minds with uh you know with manna from heaven so to speak right so it's it's it's, they're they're feeding on the word through song through repetition um you know and and through that creative side right so that's uh, i think it's important at a young age for them to do that because they're able to see the fun in expressing themselves in their faith. I think that's the beauty. And now I don't know if like the first person that created like children's church or children's Bible study class or whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know if their intention was, Hey, you know what? We're going to engage kids, young minds, um, you know, through, through these exciting mediums, mm-hmm. you know, through, through arts and crafts, through song, through, you know, through things like that in order to stimulate them and make it fun and exciting and happy. And this is going to continue to feed them throughout their lives and, and they're going to grow from this. I don't know if that was the first person's intention, but I'll tell you that's the experience that my kids would get. Right. So yep. they're singing songs and, you know, they had a talk, a little like talk, a truck, they would drive around in there and it was called the mission truck and oh. they would sing the mission truck song. And so oh. they would drive, you know, like there was, there was, oh, there was, there was some repetition involved there that kind of ingrained in their, in their minds, yeah. you know, to be mission orientated, you know, different stories about the Bible, different characters in the Bible, you know, and they had songs about each, each one. And so like, it was in, a, it was, it was an experience. And so then at home, when you're watching like, you know, a child, a child's Christian program, like Veggie Tales, for example, and yep. they've got songs, there's all these little touchstones that they're, they're being, um, you know, kind of in, in, ingrained with. And so they're, it's all supplemental and it helps as a parent that they're being, um, you know, trained up in a way that will help them on their, on their Christian journey at a young age. So I think those things are, are super important um, to, to help supplement what you're doing at home. That's, sure. that's so cool, man. Um, yeah. One, I, I'm such a big fan of you because um, when, when I, you're welcome. When I, uh, when I graduated college now, I was still figuring out what I want to do. Like I was jobless. I didn't know what I was, what I was doing at the time. And I just so yeah. happened to stumble on, um, uh, this, this play at this, uh, church that I've never been to in my entire life. And, and something definitely hit me there. And that's where I really started searching for, for God and searching for my faith. And, um, was it this, the streamlined, like perfect situation right from the very beginning? Absolutely not. Like I, I went through good times. I went through bad times. One thing that like really stuck with me is just like the experiences that I had. Um, and, and yeah. you, you played a major part of that and, and the rest of the church and, and, um, your family. Yeah. Made, made uh, a huge part in that as well. Um, and I, I'm grateful for it all. Um, and, and I just appreciate you being on man. Thank you so much. Yeah, brother. I'd, I'd love to, uh, if you want to dig deep into the details on parenting, I mean, I would love that to, to do a, a part two, um, cause there's, there's so much, there's so much more to, to get into because there's just, there's so many examples on child raising in a Christian environment that we just obviously did not have the time to, to dig into. I mean, there's, 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 there, there's an aspect of, you know, 
what do you do when a kid does something wrong? There's yep. an aspect of what do you what do you do when you involve a, another kid into the life? Meaning you've got a second child, a third oh, child. Man. What does that dynamic look like? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then how do you create leadership experience amongst brothers and sisters in nice. order to then you know create miniature leaders, right? And then how does that then impact their friend groups? So you don't want your children to be followers; you want them to be leaders. Yes. So what does that look like from a parenting <laughs> standpoint? Um, you know, there's all, there's, there's just so much more that we can get into there's that we obviously didn't have two. time to really there's a into. potential part three coming up. Oh man. <laughs> I might have to go to Indiana. All right. I might have to go to Indiana for this one. Ho ho. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, I've been always been impressed with you as a young man. Um, you're a Thank go-getter you. you have, you have a good heart, man. You're the type of person, uh, that I, I, I cherish spending time with, man. You're just your family. You're just a good soul. Um, and, and those are the type of people I really like to connect with too. people who are hungry, people who are searching, mm. uh, because I, I feel like iron sharpens iron for yep. sure. Yep. And I, all, and I also feel like there's just not enough, um, with, with the, throughout Christianity, there's not enough soul searching and, and, and really, and growth experience. Mm. Uh, and so you're the type of person uh, who I've always really connected with because you're always searching and you're always looking to grow. And that's what, that's what church, no matter what church you're going to, no yep. matter what uh, community you're, you're associating yourself with, be somebody who's challenging themselves as well as others to think deeply and to grow. Because the moment we stop asking questions mm-hmm. uh, and the moment we, st- we stop looking to grow is the moment that, that uh, you know, faith has stopped working for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's no longer... Uh, it becomes tradition and, you know, it's more meaningless than it, than it is about um, what crisis is really working in your life. And, and it applies to parenting too. I mean, the more, the more parenting becomes a job, mm-hmm. um, the more it becomes just all responsibility. Um, and you're not trying to grow your children. You're not trying to grow your relationship with your children. You're not trying to have your children, uh, you know, move up into the next, uh, phase of their lives um you know it's no different than letting your faith die right your relationship everything is relational at the end of the day that's the way god created us right yeah um and so if your relationship with god is suffering your relationship with your wife could be suffering if your relationship or your wife or your husband whatever yep. um and the relationship with your son your daughter whatever could be could be suffering um and so the idea is that the, the stronger you keep those relationships, the more you're looking to grow, mm-hmm. the more dynamic they're going to be and the more fulfilling they're going to be at the end of the day. I completely agree. Um, I think, I think what, especially when it comes to faith, like you, you can never be like, you're, you're never going to be an expert on, on, on this and you need to constantly be searching, constantly be seeking, constantly be trying to, trying to better yourself and better your relationship with God. And then by doing so, you will be able to continue strengthening those relationships like how you were talking about with your partner, whether it be your, your husband or your wife or, or with your children. Um, no, that, that's a great point. Yeah. Yep. No, for sure, man. Definitely. Dave, thank no, you. This has been a privilege. Yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much.